Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. I love worshiping Jesus. <clears throat> I plan every time I come into worship to get touched by Jesus. I think that's his plan for us every time we come into worship, is to get touched by Jesus. <clears throat> and sometimes it happens, and then sometimes it really happens. And I just, I'm kind of wrecked tonight, so we will see what happens. But it's been a good night already. Amen? God is doing something. There's this theme brewing about setting uh, the captives free getting free and moving into uh, the love and the, the loving arms of our Father, running into his arms, people getting free. And I, I didn't know all what would unfold tonight, but I spoke to uh, one of our leaders in our environment, Shalom George, to uh, ask him. He shared a testimony the other day with our leaders. I said, hey, can you share that testimony tonight? It just felt like it applied. And uh, it's really about getting free. So um, thank you, Jesus. And the message tonight is about getting free. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, uh, the message is actually called, Anxiety is Not a Friend of Jesus. And it's, a, it's about the power of peace. But if you're going to have a message on the power of peace, starting with shalom, like literally, starting with shalom is just a good idea. Where are you? Are you? Did I lose, did I lose you? There you are. Uh, come on up here. This is... Uh, <laughs> I think, I think they love you in this house. Shalom and Maria uh, lead our um, connect coaches and are and are growing some other elements in our environment. And uh, there's just amazing, amazing on fire couple. Why don't you share that testimony with us? All right, I'm keep my eye on the clock. So, I'm Shalom. Um, I lived in Ukraine for about uh, seven months. I was going to medical school there. Uh, met this friend of mine. I won't, I won't share his name, but he was a Muslim, and um, I just talked to him, and God just gave me this big heart. And the Lord was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna meet this guy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use him. I have a plan for his life. So ended up forming a friendship with him. Out of 3,000 students, he ended up being in my class. And... Um, we formed this relationship. I, I shared with him the gospel, and uh, he literally told me, he said, uh, if my family finds out I, if I convert, I'm going to, they're going to have me killed, they told me. And so he told me, I had a funny dream when I was young. He said, I had a dream. I was standing outside of this big gate, and there was walls on each side, and there was music on the other side, and in front of the gate was a book. And your name had to be in that book for you to get through that gate. And uh, I was like, dude, this is revelation. Anyway, I end up leaving there, and I kept a friendship with him for three years, praying. Nothing happened. Seven months there, nothing happened. And a, a couple of months ago, he saw one of our, um, one of the pictures, one of the testimonies from Engage Austin. And uh, he called me up, and he's like, He's like, look, I know this is real because I know you don't lie about it. But he's like, 
He's like, what about like if there's like an evil spirit on the inside of you? And I was like, I was like, tell me. He said, well, I was listening to the Quran when I was young one day. And he's like, this thing came from on the inside of me. And it moved in my stomach and it moved into my chest and my face. And he said, for almost 15 years, this thing has come and I can physically see it move. And uh, he's like, what do you think about that? So I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, it's not good, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I said, listen, man, I, and I just felt the Holy Spirit. I said, look, there's only one person that can get you free. And I said, if you put your trust in him now, today, he's going to set you free. And he's like, okay, let's do it. And so he accepts Jesus into his heart. And uh, thank you, Jesus. And the moment he accepts Jesus into his heart, this, this roar comes out of him, this, this otherworldly sound. And these, like, dark babblings come out, and this deep, deep voice says, you know, you're never going to have him. He belongs to me. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, this is the spirit of Islam. And so I, I say, look, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to uh, this guy. Who? Close. Um, I want to talk to this guy. And so I talked to him, and I said, listen. I said, you need to renounce agreement with this thing. I said, you have a new deed. You've just been given a new deed, and you need to serve this thing notice. And so he said, okay, I, I renounce agreement with this thing and um, the spirit of Islam, and then we commanded it to go, and it came out of him. And, uh, and so then after that, just one by one, they just started coming out. And by demon eight, uh, my wife Maria walked in, you know, and um, she helped me intercede. She's awesome. Okay, one minute left. Okay, so she uh, she walked in and um, she was helping me intercede. And literally, I mean, I, I have a testimony. This guy had this one of the spirits was named depression. And when depression got called out, it said, "Look, if I'm leaving, I'm taking his intellect with me." And I said, "Well, you know, you're not." And um, <laughs> He said uh, he couldn't, he's been kind of having issues with his grades in medical school, not failing. That thing came out of him, and last week he just passed his medical boards. And so uh, depression left, fear left, anxiety left, hate left, self left, everything left. And... Uh, there was no fear because, you know, John, John 3, 8 says that this is the reason the Son of God was made manifest, to destroy the works of the devil. And so, just giving you the update now, he's passed his medical boards, he's reading his Bible, he's watching The Chosen, uh, he's loving it. So, yeah, God is awesome. I love it. So good. Come on. How good is that? How good is Jesus? Come on. He was, he was trying to be good with the time, but when he shared it with the leadership, he said his wife Maria walked in. He was like casting out a demon eight. You know, this guy had a, 
a whole horde of these. And uh, she started praying, but she also went and said something. She made you a sandwich or a smoothie or something and <laughs> brought it to you and like then kept praying. And I love it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, Jesus is in the house. Oh, Jesus is on the throne. And Jesus is ruling and reigning over Austin, Texas. Come on. God, the Lion of Judah, is on the move in Austin, Texas. I feel some fire in my bones tonight. The goodness of God is in the house. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. People are getting free tonight. And uh, even as you get free, uh, I see God releasing miracles in the physical that mirror uh, the, the spiritual. And I see people getting free in their voice tonight. And I, I physically, I see people, um, nodules on, uh, in the throat disappearing tonight in Jesus' name. Uh, vocal cord issues disappearing in Jesus' name. I even see uh, dental miracles happening in the spirit tonight in Jesus' name. If that's you, just put your hand on your throat, on your mouth, and just declare over yourself, I receive that. I receive that for myself in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your grace that is in the room tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. As I mentioned already, the message tonight is called, Anxiety is Not a Friend of Jesus. And uh, we're going to release the peace of heaven that breaks the yoke of anxiety tonight. And we're going we're gonna to hit several scriptures, but we're going to be in Colossians 1 and John 18. Those are the ones I want you to read with me, so you can jump in there But how many people know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? Jesus is our King, and He is the Prince of Peace. And how many people know that that peace and anxiety are not meant to co-mingle? They're not meant to coexist. And that Jesus comes in His peace, and his, His peace is meant to cast out anxiety and His perfect love to cast out fear. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know that God wants you free of fear? And God wants you free of anxiety. It's a powerful testimony my sister-in-law, Kess, just shared about getting free of the spirit of fear. I believe that as she was even sharing, I could feel it. People were getting released of fear tonight. That spirit leaving. That God wants you free, but God wants you free more than you even want to be free. Because he's a good father. How many people know a good father doesn't want their children afflicted with anything? God wants you free because he loves you. And he loves you. And he loves you. God wants you free also because that with you he's building the house of God. That God is building up something with all of us and that you are a part of what he is building. That you're even an important part of what God is building. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Building the house of God where he can come 
and dwell and be present and manifest and people just walk in the doors and tumors disappear <laughs> and and disabil- disabilities disappear mental conditions disappear and heart arrhythmias are reset and marriages are restored because God is dwelling amongst his people is anybody in the room besides me hungry for more of that <laughs> they- in 1 Peter 2.5, it says, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.20-22 says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You know that God wants you free because he loves you. (laughs) First and foremost, God also wants you free because you are part of the house of God. (laughs) And your strength lends strength to what God is building. It got really quiet on that one. People are thinking about that. That your strength lends strength to what he's building. That every brick in God's house matters. Can I get an amen to that? And the stronger the bricks, the stronger the house That God wants you strong individually so that we are strong corporately. So that his house is beautiful and without blemish and so that he can come freely and be welcomed and be present. Thank you, Jesus. The integrity or the strength of each brick helps the whole structure. How many people know that peace that when peace comes into you, it strengthens you. But in the opposite, when anxiety comes, it, it degrades the integrity of the brick. But aren't you glad that God's perfect love is present to kick out fear, and God's peace is present to kick out anxiety? Well, I feel the authority of God here tonight. Aren't you glad that what's big for us is little for him? <laughs> your, your mountain, your mountain to you is a gnat to him. Flick. Jesus is going to do some flicking tonight. <laughs> As he strengthens and he builds his house We have to remember, how many people know that peace is more powerful than anxiety? Come on, I'll say it again. Peace is more powerful than anxiety. Can I get an amen on that? That peace, we have to remember that we know that in our minds, in our intellect, but in our day-to-day, do we lose sight? Do we wake up every day remembering that peace is more powerful than anxiety? Because, listen, it's the real world. We have real trials, real situations. And so in the middle of the week, not just on Sunday or Saturday night in our case, but not just at church, but in the middle of the week, do we wake up remembering, oh, peace is more powerful than anxiety. 
that how many people know that Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, is also the Lion of Judah? Which means he is peace, but he is the peace that walks around like a roaring lion. Our peace has muscles. Our peace is powerful. Our peace has bite. Our peace is the aggressor. Oh, that just felt good to say. Whew. I think I'm supposed to say that again. Our peace, somebody say my peace. Our peace is the aggressor. How many people know the lion is the king of the jungle? He's in charge. He rules. He reigns. Everything else has to bower and cower because he's the king. He's the aggressor. He's the authority. And that is our peace. Who's the roaring lion? I mean, people know that peace was by original design. That in heaven, how many people believe that there's peace in heaven? That God is peace, that his domain has peace, it reigns in peace. When you're in heaven, you're enveloped in peace. Peace is original design, but anxiety is a counterfeit experience fabricated by the fallen one. Peace was by original design, but anxiety is a counterfeit experience fabricated by the fallen one. Anxiety isn't original. It's not. But peace is. Thank you, Jesus. Peace is more powerful than anxiety. Peace by its design destroys anxiety. Thank you, Jesus. We empower what we focus on. The question is what lion are you feeding? Because anxiety is a counterfeit, but how many people know the devil is a counterfeit lion? That Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, but the Bible also refers to the devil as a lion, but he's a counterfeit lion. He's a cowardly lion. But he's attempting to walk around, and he's attempting to kill, steal, and destroy. But guess what? The sons of God don't have to let him. In fact, not only do we not have to let him, we get to partner with the, the king of the jungle. And we get to draw the line in the sand and say, you can come no further. We get to take authority over him and turn him upside down, not just for your life, but for your household. And not just for your household, but for your neighborhood. Not just for your neighborhood, but for your city. Come on, when the whole house of God gets this and we take authority over the counterfeit lion... There's nothing left but for the rule of the Lion of Judah. Thank you, Jesus. What lion are you feeding? <clears throat> we empower what we focus on. We feed the lion with our attention. Attention is a characteristic and a prerequisite of worship. How, about, how many people know you're not worshiping? You're not worshiping if your attention isn't on what you're worshiping. How, worship starts with, come on, let's put our eyes on Jesus. 
Let's focus on Jesus. Attention is a prerequisite of worship. So you're worshiping whatever you're giving your attention to. What lion are you feeding? The measure of your attention, you give something, ascribes the measure of value you have for it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We get to choose what lion gets our attention. The counterfeit, cowardly lion. Who is trying to still kill and destroy. Or the lion of the tribe of Judah. Who is the king of kings. And the lord of lords. And the prince of peace. And the alpha and the omega. How many people know that Jesus paid a huge price for our peace? If there's ever an amen moment, that's the moment right there. Just letting you in on a little, like, church etiquette. Listen, when you say Jesus paid a really big price, that means he died on the cross. For you and I, when you say that, that's a good moment for a big amen. Jesus paid a huge price for our peace. Jesus paid a huge price for our peace so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be reconciled, so that we could come back into original design, which is peace. Jesus paid a price so you could be won back to peace and into peace. How many people know that when Jesus died on the cross, his declaration it was, it is finished? That Jesus has already paid the price. He's already king. He's not going to be king. He's already king. Listen, he's not going to be savior. He's already savior. He's not going to be redeemer. He's already redeemer. He's not going to be a good father. He's already a good father. He's not going to be your friend. He's already your friend. He's not going to be here. He's already here. He's already ruling and reigning. When he said it is finished, he meant it. He, he, listen, he paid the price. So that it can be finished. His blood paid for it all. And his blood releases authority over your circumstance his blood releases authority over your mental state his blood releases authority over your mindset his blood releases authority over the circumstances of the week he releases authority over your family his blood paid for it all peace is more powerful our peace has muscles. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians. If you got your Bible, open the Bible to Colossians chapter 1. Whew. Thank you, Father. Stir it up, God. Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to jump in at verse 18, 18 through 20. Verse 18 says this, and he is the head of the body, speaking of Jesus. 
He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things he may that in all things he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things. Someone say all things. All things to himself, by himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Having made peace, somebody say peace, peace through the blood of his cross. Again, aren't you thankful that Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and me on the cross? That, that it gives the Father pleasure to see all things reconciled back to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, all things, through the work that Jesus did on the cross. Having made peace through the blood of the cross. Now here's something unique here, that this Greek word peace is only used in this tense right here throughout the Bible. And it means, literally, it means, it means to make peace. And there's, there's the word peace. And then there's to make peace. And then the closest, uh, the, the closest use of that word is peacemaker. Matthew 5. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. But this, this word here is uniquely used here in this tense. And it literally means this. We know, we know in in Hebrew, shalom is wholeness and completeness and fullness. Amen? So it's the peace that isn't lacking. But this, in the same way, this peace, it literally means two broken pieces that are set at one again to be made whole. That's what it means. Huh. Peace, wholeness, completeness, fullness. When it's broken in half, it's not whole or complete or full. But through the work on the cross, through his blood, Jesus says, I take that broken piece and I reconnect it with the original piece to make it whole again. <clears throat> two, two broken pieces set at one again. Set at one again to what? Set at one again to the way it was in the garden before sin ever entered the picture. That's what Jesus did. <laughs> this side of the room isn't sure yet. That's all right. It'll, it'll sink in. Listen, that's what Jesus did. That he, that he set us, he set us at one again by his blood to the way it was in the garden before sin entered the picture. That's what it means to be redeemed. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Set at one again. How many people believe that there was peace in the garden? The garden, as a reminder, Eden, obviously Eden translated is pleasure or delight. That God created the earth and then he created a garden called pleasure and he put mankind right in the center of his pleasure. The pleasure or delight of God is not somewhere we're trying to work to. It's supposed to be somewhere we're starting from. But if there's peace in the garden, listen, before sin came into the picture, how many people think there was anxiety in the garden? No. I'll, I'll, I'll fill in the blank for you. The answer is no. There was not anxiety 
There was not worry. There was not fear. There was not lack. There was not mistrust. There wasn't accusation. It was, none of those things were in the garden before sin. And Jesus, through what he did on the cross, through his blood, full communion, what he did on the cross is he took the broken piece, us, and he reconnected it to original design. And he said, ah, oh, it's whole again. Peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In John 20, peace being made manifest. In John 20, Jesus appears to his disciples after his death and his resurrection, and the disciples are huddled together in a closed room because they're afraid. They don't understand what's going on. This Jesus, they're falling. He's been crucified now, and they're huddled together. But we know that Jesus is raised from the dead, and then he appears in the midst of them. He steps through the wall and says, hey, guys, what's up? It's me. And they rightfully freak out. Oh, my goodness, what's happening? It's a ghost. And Jesus to them three times says, peace unto you. Or my peace be with you. Depending on the translation. But listen, he says, peace, my peace unto you. Guess what? Jesus had just accomplished the task of breaking the power of sin, death, Darkness, fear, anxiety, doubt, mistrust. The the blood just paid for it all. He reconciled them back to the Father, but they hadn't clued in yet. And Jesus, when he shows up in his resurrected form, and they're freaking out. How many people know when Jesus says, hey, my peace unto you, he's not just saying, whoa, whoa, guys, don't be nervous, it's me. No, he actually is describing them. He's saying, step out of your realm of anxiety and step into what I've already paid for. He's actually releasing a declaration of transference. He just offered an exchange. My peace unto you. In Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood We know the story. She's bleeding for 12 years. She's desperate. And in her desperation, she says, if I can just get to, if I can just get to Jesus. And she pushes her way through the crowd and she grabs a hold of the hem of his garment. And and the story goes on that Jesus, not seeing her touch him, but he felt dunamis power leave his body. Someone touched him, not with curiosity, but with faith. The whole crowd was pressing in on him, but somebody touched him with faith, and it accessed heaven through him. He went, whew, what just happened? And it caught his attention. And then he, he turns to the woman, and he makes this statement to her. He says to her, go in peace, go in peace, your faith has made you well. But a, a more proper translation would be go into peace. Jesus, 
who is the gateway. Jesus, who paid the price, literally what he's saying, same as the disciples, he's opening up the veil and he's saying, step in, daughter. Step into what I've provided, it will make you well. Thank you, Jesus. In Exodus chapter 3, it's a story of God sending Moses to deliver his people from Egypt. And and God makes these powerful declarations over Moses. You're going to go and you're going to speak and they're going to listen. You're going to deliver all of my people and it's powerful But Moses, being human like the rest of us, he's nervous about this. And he says, God, who do I tell him is sending me so they'll know who sent me? It's a legitimate question. And God says, Moses, go and tell him that I am. And Moses asks for clarity. And God says, I am that I am. Thank you for clarifying I am that I am, and you've heard me uh, teach this before, but why does God give Moses, when Moses said, who are you, why is God's answer simply, I am? Because the Bible has over 300 names to describe God, and how many people know they're all true, but they're only a part of the truth? And God could have gave Moses any number of names, and they all would have been true, but in itself, it wouldn't have been the whole truth. Because God could have told Moses, go and tell him that I'm the healer, and that would have been true, but only part of the truth. Go and tell him I'm the deliverer, and that would have been true, but only part of the truth. Go and tell him that I'm your rock, true, but only part truth. That I'm your fortress. Any, Any name would have only been part true. The only name God could give to himself that fully describes him is that I am. What does that mean? That means that God is all of those things, so who is it that you need? Because he is the deliverer, he is the savior, he is the redeemer, he is the counselor, he is the healer. Come on, he is our fortress, our strength, our rock, our high tower, the prince of peace, the alpha and the omega, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the rose of Sharon. He is all of those things. So the question is, if you need a deliverer, he says, I am. If you need a provider, he says, I am. (laughs) If you need a savior, he's saying, I am. Whatever you need, he says, I am. Go and tell him, I am, that I am. Now, jump with me to John 18. It's about to get good. If I can have the team... Start to get ready to come back up. <clears throat> so John 18. This is the story of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying as he knows he's about to go to the cross. And Judas uh, has betrayed Jesus and sold Jesus out for some silver. And <clears throat> he brings... A, he brings um, and a, a, a group of soldiers to the garden where he knows that Jesus is going to be uh, to have them arrest Jesus. So he sells Jesus out. But here, jump in, John 18, jumping in at verse 3. Then Judas, 
having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward, because <laughs> he's the lion. <laughs> he didn't cower. He doesn't run. He doesn't hide that he's advancing. He, that Jesus went forward and said to them, who are you seeking? Verse 5, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Now check this. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with him. Now, when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Interesting. Very curious. What happened here? Do you know that the word he, when he says I am he, the word he is not in the original Greek. When Jesus, in his authority as the lion, listen, a troop, an army, enemy army, approaches him and he steps forward and says, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth, and his response wasn't, I am he. His response was, I am. And when he said, I am they drew back and fell to the ground. Now, literally, the language is the strength of their bodies failed them and they collapsed. Listen, they were slain in the spirit. <laughs> Listen, look, when, here's what I believe happened for a moment. Jesus, who is 100% God, but he's clothed in humanity. Follow me? In this moment, he just, he just wants them to know. He's willingly going to go to the cross because that's his plan. But before he submits, he just wants them to know. And he's like, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. And he just pulls back the hem just enough of his humanity. Boom. And they're like, bam. They all fall down. The strength of their bodies fails them. Thank you, Jesus. At the revelation of Jesus, the strength of your adversary fails. I am he. Listen, I believe that our good father is here right now. And I believe that he, who is the rose of Sharon and the balm of Gilead, he is the river of living water. He's the wine and the oil. He, I believe that he is here. He is here, releasing as a redeemer, as a savior. But he is opening up this realm of peace. And I, I just can feel it prophetically. The team has been feeling it. It's been the topic of discussion all week. Like people are just being hampered by anxiety. But guess what? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. There's a counterfeit lion who's trying to nip at your heels. There's a counterfeit lion who's trying to harass and, and mess with you. And listen, what we give our attention to, when we turn to that lion, like, whoa, you have bad breath. And we just, 
We feed on what's cut. He, 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 in our mind, gets bigger and bigger and more ferocious. But the reality is if we turn away from him and we turn to the true lion and we begin to feed on what he says, who he is, the lion turns into a kitty. And we keep feeding on the truth, the I am, who he is and who he, and then it becomes the flea on the, that was on the back of the cat. And then you just squash it under your foot. We're going to end here. This, the specific root of your anxiety is in direct opposition to a specific nature of God. Because he is all these things. The provider, the healer, the comforter. He is wisdom. He is the teacher. He is the deliverer. He is all these things. Whatever the root of your anxiety is, it is in direct opposition to one of his natures. He is, I am. If anxiety says you lack provision, God says, I am your provision. If anxiety says you lack protection, God says, I am your protector. If anxiety says you'll never find a solution for this problem, God says, I am wisdom, and you have the mind of Christ. If anxiety says you will always be tormented with this sickness, God says, I am your healer, and I'm here. If anxiety says you'll always be subject to the way that person makes you feel, God says, I am the king of kings. You didn't get it. I'm the king of kings and queens of royal sons and daughters. I have no orphans. You are not a victim. And you have the power in me to change your circumstance. What lion are you feeding? There's grace here tonight. God's been just moving all week long. There's grace here right now, tonight. And Jesus, who already paid for it all, come on, he already died on the cross. He already poured out his blood. He already declared, I am the provider. I am the healer. I am the savior. I am the deliverer. He is here right now. And he's not saying, hey, peace, it's going to be okay. Hold on another six weeks. You'll make it through. No, he is saying, listen, I opened up a realm for you to step through. Listen, when you look past that veil, your adversary is going to fall over backwards. Come on, let's stand to our feet tonight. We're just going to let Jesus be Jesus in our midst. Can I say that again? We're going to let Jesus be Jesus in our midst. And we all together are the house of God. And some days, some weeks, it's your week to be at the front. (laughs) 
in, in tears and snot and ministry and being strengthened. And other times it's you're just praying for the people who are up front. And that's, that's the nature of family. We lend each other strength. But listen, if you've got anxiety going on, we've talked to dozens of people already. Don't be ashamed. But Jesus is pulling back the veil. You're about to bring your anxiety to the feet of Jesus. Your anxiety is going, where, where, where are you taking me? <laughs> and you're like, to the I am. And your anxiety is going to go, oh no, his strength is going to fail. It's going to collapse outright out of your body. But Jesus said, my peace unto you. He is inviting them to step out of a lesser reality. I feel like even as you start to move forward, for those of you who feel like this is for you, as you start to move forward, you're going to step out of something. You're going to step out of the old and into the new. And we're going to, we're going to pray. We're going to have some prayer teams. But that's not the focus because Jesus is here. Listen, the garden. See him. When you step forward, see him pull back the veil of humanity just a bit. Watch what happens. If you you can start coming now, if that's you, that's okay. But I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for your presence. Thank you. Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you for just covering the altar with your peace. Not the idea of peace, but the presence of your peace. Come on, now's the moment. There it is. Now's the moment. Listen, if you've been dealing with anxiety, there's no shame. We all need to be up here on our knees at some point or another. But be the woman with the issue of blood right now and choose to press through the crowd and to come and touch him by faith. There's his peace. His peace. Listen, if the aisle is crowded, just push him. It's in the Bible. It's in, it's in three of the Gospels. <laughs> the woman with the issue of she pushed through the crowd. Listen, if someone's in your way, just, just gently, just, just push them. Come on, just come. Just come. Come to the peace. The worship team going to lead us. There it is. Just, yeah, just let it. Just let it. Just let it. We just pull back the veil. Leave it behind. Step out of the old. And in to what he's provided. Yeah, take us in, Dylan. In the kingdom of lights. Bring the lights down a little a little bit if we can, just a little. Forever under your dominion. Yeah, the healer. You're the king of my life. The prince of peace. The king of you reign above it all, King of Kings. reign above it all, and over the universe, and over every heart, you have to choose to step no out, you have to choose to step out of the old, Jesus, you reign Ooh, there it is, Ooh, there it is, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. you have to choose to step out of the old, and in, 
through what he's provided. Yeah, there it is. Step in. Yeah, ministry team leaders, as you feel led, don't just rush. As you feel led, you just come up and just start ministering that presence, that security, that intimacy that changes everything. And if you're not up here, just push your way up. Step over people. Move chairs out of the way. Just get up here. Just get up here. Just push through the crowd. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.